0: Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy practitioner specializing in chronic digestive issues, depression, anxiety, and autoimmune disease with a focus on the gut microbiome. Join me for episode seven, where Lynn Fox, nutritional therapy practitioner, interviews, well, me, about the emerging science around the gut microbiome. We'll learn about the incredible diversity of gut microbes, the essential functions they perform, and why microbiome imbalances affect our health. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. Functional nutrition is similar to functional medicine in that it seeks root causes of illness. As nutritional therapy practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease, and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, Let's hear about the gut microbiome and your health. Well, welcome Lynn. Great to have you back on the show. Today we're gonna to do something a little bit different and Lynn is actually gonna take over hosting the show for me. She's going to interview me on a topic that I find very interesting, which is the gut microbiome and health. Lynn, thanks so much
0: for volunteering to do this. Yes, I think, uh, I think this is gonna be great. Let's just start from the beginning and just dive right in. What is the gut microbiome? So the gut microbiome is so, so,
1: so interesting, and uh, we're learning more about it every day. But um, essentially what it is, is hundreds of trillions of bacteria and other microbes that live in your gut. So these are beneficial uh, commensal and pathogenic strains Um, of bacteria, fungi, viruses, protozoa, helminths, right, that live in uh, and on the surface of our gut lining from the mouth to the anus, and they uh, together probably form a mass about the size of your brain and weigh probably around the same three, four, five pounds.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. How did they discover the gut microbiome? Yeah. So
1: we have been aware of gut microbes for about 300 years, right, since the invention of the microscope. But there's been renewed interest after the Human Genome Project wrapped up. So that was around 2003. And what happened was that the findings from that study did not match our expectations, right? So we, we had estimated that humans make about 80 to 100,000 different proteins and recall that a gene is just a recipe for a protein. It encodes uh, for one one protein um, when we finished the, the human genome project we found that there are about 22,000 human genes so there was a big shortfall there in what they were expecting and we went looking for like well where is the rest of our genetic material well it turns out that the rest of the genetic material is in our gut it's the, the, the gut microbiome and actually, it it forms the greater part of both the cells in our body and our genetic material. So just keep in mind that, you know, thirty five to 40,000 different species can colonize your gut. And we each have about 1,000 species growing in our gut. So your gut microbiome is super unique to you. It's like a fingerprint. There's less, like between you and Aileen, we might share 99.9% of our DNA, right? Um... Uh, but between us, we might share less than 10% of our gut microbiome strains. So, really unique um, and, and very, um, very powerful in the sense that they contribute, like I said, 100 times more microbial genes. So, we have. Um, Hundred million genes from our microbiome versus twenty thousand genes from our own human genome. So we think of ourselves as human beings, but really, what we are is more of a a vessel for holding bacterial life. Wow. So if you can think of yourself as like almost empty, like a vase, and um, just full of this, you know, this microbiome. Now. There's another term I want to introduce here called the holobiome, which refers to all the microbes that live on our body. So that would include things like skin, eyes, nose, right? Our lungs also. But um, here, for this, the purposes of this show, I'm going to be talking primarily about the gut microbiome because that that is... Um, where most of this physiological function, you know, um, exists. So you have to think of it this way, like human beings way at the beginning of time kind of outsourced many of our physiological functions to bacteria living in our gut. And it's a symbiotic relationship. We provide a nice, warm, dark place to live and have free food, and they provide essential functions. So how essential? It, it, it's like a human being will not is not viable uh, if they have a sterile gut, right? So without the gut microbiome, we actually can't live.
0: And, and so tell me the other things the microbiome does for us, and how, how does it affect our health?
1: Yeah, so the microbiome is referred to now as the forgotten virtual organ, um, as vital to our, you know, our um, health as our liver, which performs, as we know, over 500 functions. The beneficial microbes, remember I said they're beneficial, commensal, and pathogenic microbes living in in and on us, but the beneficial ones in our gut digest and metabolize our food, they reinforce the gut lining, they modulate the immune system, they prevent overgrowth of the pathogenic strains, they synthesize half of our hormones, Um, they synthesize neurotransmitters for us, they synthesize vitamins, they influence brain and behavior, and they help us metabolize things like Tylenol. Um, so consider this. I mean, we, we know, you know, these are the things that we kind of know about. Like I said, this is an emerging science. We're learning more every day. But um, so we, we know that the, the microbiome does so many more things than this. Um, hundreds of things for us. Um, for example, the benefits of a soy-based diet. You know, it's been um, expounded in the literature quite a lot. But now we're realizing that without the presence of certain microbes in the gut, which are more prevalent in Asians, um, we, can't, we can't gain the benefit of soy in our diet, like the anti-cancer properties.
0: Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have heard about that. Now, what about other diseases or conditions? Can they be caused by an imbalance in the gut microbiome?
1: Yes, so because the gut microbiome does so many things for us, and because it's so unique to each individual, um, I think that you know we see, we're learning now that certain disease states are related to imbalances in the gut microbiome, and in fact, quite possibly, most chronic disease states are related to imbalances in the gut microbiome. Let me give you a few examples, so if you have um, hormonal dysfunction. Just remember that half your hormones, including the thyroid hormones, are synthesized by your gut microbes. Why is that? You know that's kind of a surprising thing to say. Um, the theory is that hormones aren't unique to human beings. The theory is that actually soil bacteria were making these chemicals for for communication, intracellular communication or interbacterial communication, and that we adopted them in our you know to use in our system. So then, you know, if you look at it that way, it's not so, um, it's not so surprising. Um, if you're suffering from immune issues like allergies, asthma, autoimmune symptoms, recall that the gut microbiome trains the immune system, right? We learned um, in, our, in our training as nutritional therapy practitioners that 80% of the immune system is located in and around the gut. Also recall that um, inflammatory autoimmune disorders like IBS, Crohn's, and colitis, are also related to the state of our microbiome. If you have issues with anxiety, depression, recall that brain neurotransmitters are being made in the gut microbiome. Also issues with weight loss or weight gain, fatigue. Um, The components of our gut microbiome help us digest and metabolize our food. It controls how many calories we get from our food and controls how many nutrients we absorb to a great extent. Um, Sleep issues. Bacteria have a circadian clock, just like human cells, and what we eat and when we eat it can affect our sleep patterns. And then even um, developmental issues like autism and dyslexia can be related to an imbalanced microbiome. So an infant is seeded at birth from the mother, and um, the microbiome matures at about two and a half years old. And that's typically around the time that autism is diagnosed. So there's, there's probably a link there not the only causative factor, but uh, but one of
0: them. So we get our our, our gut microbiome from our mothers. So basically, basically, if our let's say our mothers don't have a healthy gut microbiome, then does that set us up for maybe some health problems later on? Yes, bingo,
1: bingo. I think there are kind of two ways you can go with this. One is you know with the number of cesarean sections that are being performed. These days, the um, babies aren't being born through the vaginal um, canal as nature intended, and that's where they get the, the, you know, that initial, like, the gulp um, Mm -hmm. that seeds their system with the microbiome of the mother. But then also realize that as our microbiome gets degraded, and we'll talk about, you know, the different reasons for that in our modern world, our modern environment, but as we, as our microbiome gets degraded, then what a mother is able to pass on to her infant is also compromised.
0: Right. And um, I've been reading about this also and found that there is a certain bacteria, it's called Bacillus infantis. And I've heard that that comes from the breast milk, and it helps to actually heal and seal the gut. Have Have you read about any of that? Yeah, I have
1: heard about that one. I think it's a, one of the probiotics that they give to tiny infants. Yeah. When they, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, so important. And so if we have an imbalanced gut microbiome, how could, could we fix it? Yeah, so,
1: you know, this is, this is, I think, where nutritional therapy is really set up to help people. Um, so one of the quickest ways to change your gut microbiome, and this was published in Nature in December 2013, is Food. So what you eat, the food you consume, changes the composition of your gut microbiome within 24 hours. That's how fast you start seeing changes. So this is what we mean, you know, when nutritional therapists say food is information, it's not just calories, right? It's not just macronutrients. What we're talking about is the selection of food determines which of those bacterial species are fed or not fed, right? Which bacterial genes are turned on off, upregulated, downregulated— down-regulated, which physiological functions are being performed or not. So you have to imagine, remember I said, imagine yourself as a vessel. Your vessel contains just trillions of tiny factories in your gut that turn on and off depending on what you choose to eat. So, um, you know, other, so things we have to consider in, in choosing, um, Food in our diet is we want to eliminate processed foods, right? We want to eat really high-quality foods, organic foods, non-GMO foods. We want to make sure we have pro- probiotics and prebiotics and fiber in the diet. And we want to avoid things that kill our gut microbiome, right? We've been on this sort of tirade uh, the last couple of generations, trying to kill all the bacteria on and around us because we we assume that they were causing us to get sick. But in fact, what we're also doing is we're killing the the beneficial bacteria that we need. And so using things like antibiotics and hand sanitizers and health and beauty products that have triclosan in them, that's a no-no. So also avoid toxic chemicals and be careful about what you put on your skin, your hair, your teeth. You want to avoid parabens, phthalates, BPA, aluminum, and things like that.
0: So if I wanted to learn more about this, where could I learn more about the microbiome or the gut microbiome?
1: Yeah, um, you know, there are a few books I like to recommend um, that I found super interesting. Missing Microbes by Martin Blazer, one of the first ones that I read. He's at NYU and uh, runs at the microbiome, you know, um, the, the department that studies the microbiome there. Follow Your Gut by Rob Knight. He also does a TED Talk. It's super interesting. You can look that up. And then The Human Superorganism by Rodney Dietert. Um, three great books to get started with.
0: So fascinating. There's also another book. I think it's called um, The Microbiome Diet by Ralph or by Dr. Kelman is his name. I think he's a naturopathic doctor. He talks a lot about the microbiome too. But um Do you have any quick tips related to the gut microbiome, Madeline? Yeah. So first thing is
1: to keep in mind that an imbalanced microbiome is caused by an overgrowth of pathogenic microbial species. And here's the key, right? Those pathogenic species typically thrive on sugar and starch. So if you question whether your chronic health health issues could be related to an imbalance of the microbiome, try a no-sugar, no-starch diet for... A week and if by the end of that week you notice some improvement in your symptoms then you can be pretty sure your gut microbiome is a factor and I'd recommend working with a nutritional therapy practitioner to to optimize you know optimize for your situation for your health um, so on you know when I talk about a no sugar no starch diet what I am referring to here is no refined sugar no sweeteners honey, molasses, maple syrup, nothing. No artificial sweeteners either, except for stevia. No alcohol, no dairy, which has a special kind of sugar called uh, lactose. That's a milk sugar. You can have unsweetened, plain, whole fat yogurt or kefir, but only the unsweetened kind, right? And no refined flours or grains of any kind, right? So you got to avoid all those pasta crackers, cereal, bread, um, no starchy vegetables, and no fruit except lemon, limes, and small portions of berries. So, that means pretty much eating, you know, mostly vegetables and protein. Um, You can have a breakfast like egg, avocado, sliced turkey, please avoid bacon that has sugar. You can have lunch of like a chopped salad or vegetable soup for snack. You can have that plain unsweetened yogurt celery, carrot sticks with a nut butter, maybe. And dinner, protein and two vegetables would be a great way to go. So um, that that I think comprises a pretty good experiment for anyone to try for about seven days. Keep in mind that you might feel worse the first few days because as things die off, like the pathogenic species die off, they do release toxins. And so you might feel flu-like symptoms like malaise, aches, fatigue, headache. This is called a Herxheimer reaction. And it should only last a few days, but if it's too much for you, just loosen the restrictions on the diet somewhat, just take it more slowly, but then do it for an extra few days to get the benefit.
0: Wow. It's so fascinating. It's so fascinating because we're not only just, we always thought that we were just eating for ourselves, but really we're eating for those, those microbes in our gut (laughs) and we need to nourish them. Correct? Right. Because they, they nourish
1: and take care of us. And so now I think we're realizing almost a little bit too late, um, you know, how important all of this is for us and, and our assault, you know, on the world with chemicals and pesticides and insecticides, it's kind of turning on us. And that's why I think, I think it's a big reason that we're seeing so much chronic illness.
0: Yes. And I think that this uh, area of research, excuse me, we're just going to see, it's just going to explode. We're going to see more and more about the gut microbiome. So I thank you for this interview. This was really, really interesting. And I learned a lot, Madeline. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn.
1: Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy or check out our podcast page, visit tcnutritionaltherapy.com. To find a nutritional therapy practitioner in your area, use the provider search at nutritionaltherapy.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2019 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Benn.